on this episode of Quantum Week, November 29th through December 5th, 1987. Quantum Week. Quantum Week. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. i Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year, and we talk about the movies, the music, the headlines, and our stories of the time period. We are continuing through the end of November, beginning of December 1987, talking three men and a baby, and heaven is a place on earth by Belinda Carlisle. Right. Um, anything, anything we need to get on? No, let's, let's go right to right the three minutes. Football's not right. Let's go right to it. <laughs> oh, I guess. Yeah, Chris informed me this is going to be a short one. So, uh, so we'll do we'll Chiefs playing the Broncos. They're going to the Chiefs. Let's go. Money line, baby. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Three Men and a Baby, this movie is a fucking mess. It is a fucking mess. D plus, C minus. I know Ebert, like, likes this film. No, I don't know. This movie like, got, like, was I, people, relatively well received by critics. Relatively well, well received. It was the highest grossing movie of this year. Yes, which is a big deal. A huge deal. And I, I like, I... I I went between, okay, so there's some parts that are kind of redeeming, but I did, I was bored a lot, and then I was like, what the fuck are they doing with the story? This movie's trash. Okay. I don't, all right, D+. And this movie's stupid. It is stupid. This is one of the dumbest movies we've it's ever covered. It's really dumb. It is, like, impossibly stupid. It's really stupid. It, it, it's a terrible, this you movie's know why, terrible. You know why it's not trash, though? It's because it's trash. I, I do enjoy, like, particularly in the beginning when it's Tom Selleck and uh, Gutenberg the, there, yeah. and they're with Mary for the first right. time. I do kind of like that. Yes. Because particularly- 20 minutes in the movie that are- Passable. I know, and that that makes but it even that's kind of stupid. I, it's not amazing, but really I like not. Selleck too. I remember, you know, I, he's the best I, part I of this movie, exactly. And I haven't seen him in stuff. Or I don't watch Blue Bloods. No, like I, you seem like a Blue Bloods guy. No, no. not really. Little CBS. Uh, I did see. I did see yeah. the uh, his movies in the eighties and nineties, like Quigley, and um, there was Runaway. Uh, we've talked about the sci-fi one before, and then this, of course. Yeah, and I, I remember, you know, I like Tom Selleck. Like he's good. He's Is good he on Mr. Baseball. Yeah, Mr. Baseball, right? Yeah, Columbus movie. Was he? Was it? Uh, Fort Brando. Was it? Which one was that? That wasn't 1492, though. No, there's two. There's the one with Ger- mm. Gerard Depardieu. That's 1492. Right. And that was the one that actually kind of sort of made money, did okay. Yeah, yeah. Salak, unfortunately, was in the one that was uh, the bomb. I don't remember what that one was. Which I probably was, saw it. was the last film, The Salkins, the ones that the producer I talked about on Superman, yep. the disaster producers. That's right. Um, They produced, it was the last movie they produced. Yeah. Because um, it was, they ended up having like, like Isabella Rossellini was supposed to be in it, uh, and they yeah. couldn't pay her in the last minute. <laughs> Somebody else was supposed to be in it too. They couldn't pay him in the last minute. Like it was like such a disaster, and it destroyed even the relationship among the Salkins. But that was like that was yeah, Selleck's yeah, like yeah. last. That's like the last time Selleck like really kind of carried a movie. He was in a Kevin, Kevin Klein movie a couple years later, or a few years later, called In and Out. Yes, which, I um, didn't see Joe it, but... got an Oscar nomination for that. Um, but um, but like at that point, then it's either like supporting actor roles, right, or. TV work. Well, by now, which is fine. he's like 43 in this movie. So yes. he's kind, you know, his- it's the last year prime, of Magnum P.I. Right. Prime movie prime movie star days are kind of dwindling. Well, I don't think so. You don't think so? So I met, imagine him for a second. Yeah. Okay. So Selleck's had this odd career where um, he could have been Indiana Jones. That's right. But there's a commitment to do Magnum P.I., which of course famously was shot in Hawaii. So because of all those things, he, he they didn't let him out of the contract. And he actually could have because they had to delay their- the. Um, filming for six months so he could have actually done it yeah it was a, com- it was a mess it's a mess um, but he didn't get it at the end of the day he cbs didn't want him to do it and he didn't do it i don't think it would have worked as well i don't know of no. course not. well i mean no shit man no um <laughs> all right whatever what it take that's why it's why you guys are paying that patreon money <laughs> there it like is <laughs> five bucks a month baby Tom Selleck might not have been <laughs> as good as harrison before <laughs> um 
So, but okay. So then he's like, all right. So I'm committed to this show. It's a hit show. Uh, if you weren't alive in the '80s, Magnum PI was absolutely oh, a monster huge. hit. Um, and it was really his show. You know, there's a couple of supporting actors on it, but that's really it was his show. He was Magnum. Yep. Um, and he was great in that role. So you know, I'm sure if he's looking at it, he's like, all right, Magnum's winding down. I'm able to do this movie, which ends up being the number one movie of the year. I know. Uh, so if you're here, you're like, all right, I got one more year left on Magnum. Yep. Then you have, in theory, like one of the bigger movie stars walking out. I can have my pick of roles. The problem was, the reality is that you're right, Matt, is that I'm sure in his mind, I'm guessing, I'm, I'm pretend I'm Tom Selleck for a second. Yeah. I'm gonna put, put on the mustache. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but I'm probably thinking like, all right, finally, yes, I'm free. I'm 40. Yes, I'm in my early 40s, but I, I still look really good. Oh, he looks you know, great. And, yeah, he and does. I still, you know, but now I have my chance. I'm, I'm yep. not angered at this show anymore. Yes. Well, unfortunately, though, you know, he, he was, that's not how the studio is. And, well, and, and I think he didn't get, he didn't get the same, you know, Tom Cruise is going to get different roles than Tom Selleck's going to get. Absolutely. Obviously. And you also have Harrison Ford and right. some other people so, who are probably around his age at the time, yes, I think. Or, he, or at least going for the same kind he, of roles exactly. who are going to, right, still going to beat him out. Um, and he didn't get those roles. Like, he didn't get, I don't think he got his pick. That's why he did movies like Quickly Down Under. And then he does Mr. Baseball, which cost $40 million to make, and it made half that back. Ugh. And that's not even counting the marketing that goes into it. So yeah. that was a huge bomb. And then you follow that up, I think, a year later, two years later, with that Columbus movie, which was a giant disaster. Like, yeah, epic. Yeah, like, yeah. one of the biggest bombs of that decade. So, you 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 know, you have back-to-back bomb. Now you're 46. You're coming off two bombs, and it's done. It's yeah, over. Yeah, it's over. The problem is when you're 42... And you're kind of starting your movie career in a way or whatever, or kind of like really starting your movie star career, excuse me. There's such little room for failure because it's almost like a, a baseball pitcher. Like if you throw your, L, uh, if you, you need Tommy John surgery, you throw your shoulder out when you're 25. You're going to get it back. Yeah. Like, or, or chances you, are. They'll get it, people, teams will give you an opportunity to fail. Exactly. If you throw your arm out when you're 38, it's, you're fucked. It's, it's over. Like you might not even get a spring training invite. Yeah, you're like, not you're just done. They're just right. done with you yeah. and it's just done. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe a couple of teams will give you a chance, but you know. And, you, I'm, and I'm sure studio execs are wondering, are we selected out? Like we just watched him on TV for whatever it was, eight years or I something. And then know. the movies. So we, well, he's been kind of in our, like a big, Kind of a big star for 12, 13, 14 he was, years. But if you're a studio, though, in the late age, you're probably still thinking, like, all right, he's in this monster hit. I know. And, um, you know, there's got to be something we can have him do. Or maybe if you're a studio, like, hey, like, this has happened with Quigley. I think this happened with Mr. Baseball. It's like, all right, we can't afford to pay Harrison for it. Yeah. You know, we can't afford right. to pay Stallone or whomever, like those contemporaries. Um, so let's kind of take the poor man's Harrison Ford or, the poor, you know, and we'll go get Tom Selleck. Unfortunately, audience scores kind of saw through that, too. And it's yeah, like, all right, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. The, you know, the reason this movie worked, well, is from the <laughs> fin- trash. No, no, no. It worked from a financial point of view. <laughs> it not work at all from a movie oh. point of view. Is because they were really wise. Instead of putting all of their, um, you know, all their wishes into the Tom Selleck bag, they were able to spread that out when they could have their luck with Gutenberg, have their luck with Selleck, and have their luck with dancing. You're exactly. kind of splitting you are. the risk. Yep. Um, and that made all the difference. But the one of those guys couldn't carry a movie. And it's proven true. Like Gutenberg, look at his movies. Uh, Police even, Academy. Even the hits. Police Academy, that's not, you know, it's an ensemble for yep. sure. Oh, it's yeah. Almost, it's almost like a the concept. The, it is. It is. He's definitely the leader he's in that clubhouse. Lead. But, he, but right. yes. He's like the straight man in that movie. But, but right. it's not, it's not his movie. Like, it, it, no, it's not. You're right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then like Cocoon, it's not his movie either. Though, you, you know, he might be the lead, but he's, you know, that's just as much 
Wolf of Brimley or Jessica Tandy, Hume Cronin. Yep. As much as like Ron Howard also just kind of directing that. Sure, that's a good point. It's like it's a concept movie. I wish we could have seen that one because I know I I loved that movie as a kid, and um, I, I wonder if he was any good. I have. And I don't stuff remember. to say about it, aging and everything too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then you have like Short Circuit, which which definitely successful, but he's you know Ali Sheedy's in that. That's true. Fisher Stevens, as much as it's a problematic role now, and that, that got buzz, and but, he had a robot, and he had a robot. Right. Short. Right. Number uh, five. Johnny Five, right? Number five is a lot. Number five, Johnny Five, five. Is yeah, that, yeah. Um, and that was like a big deal. Like, you know, stupid. If you watch it now, it's so like you. I haven't seen it for if you ever. Watch, if you watch a movie like that now, you watch Short Circuit, and you're like, it's almost kind of like when we watch like a 1950s like sitcom. You're like, why did people think this was ever funny? Like, or, it's, it's like watching a relic. Or some of the movie, like really early kind of space movies, when you can tell it's this like floating cardboard thing. Going yeah, but that's to the more moon. of effects. I'm talking about more content. You think it's content? So it's like, like why would anyone think this is funny? Like, this is stupid. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of true with this movie too. Uh, but uh, but watching Short Circuit's kind of like that. But you know, so all these movies that Gutenberg, yes, were successful. I don't. Yes, Gutenberg was fine in them. But it, he wasn't the reason they came out to the theaters but was to he, see it. Was he big? Oh, he wasn't big though. He was because yeah. those are those are all. Maybe I'm thinking that they're all over the place because it happened at a very you know, I'm young. I'm seven, eight years right. old, and they were all on HBO all the time. So I just feel like he they was were, huge. Then. They were very successful films. They were, but they weren't successful because of Gutenberg. And, and they, so he he never became like a star because of it. He had a really odd career. So he's almost like an anomaly. So yes, yeah. he was a. He was top billed in a lot of successful movies, but I don't think anyone ever considered him a movie star. I don't think so either. Um, and it's proven, you know, he was, this is perfect for him because this is a thing where you can kind of come in here, share the weight with, whether it be Ali Sheedy, whether it be the, you know, Bobcat Goldthwait, whether yeah. it be Johnny Five. Right. Or in this case, two major TV stars, the two biggest TV stars on the planet, sure. Tom Selleck and Ted Danson. And then you all can kind of share that weight together. Um, Ted Danson, look at his career. You know, he does this. Uh, obviously doing Cheers the entire time. Tries to do like a serious movie called Dad with Jack Lemmon, Ethan Hawke. Kevin Spacey's in that cast is stacked. Yeah. Olympia Dukakis. Yeah. But it didn't really work. It was kind of yeah. like that movie Nothing in Common with Jack, Jackie Gleason and Tom Hanks. Right. Um, Dad doesn't quite work. It's Ted Danson trying to be dramatic. It doesn't quite fit right. Later on, he does um, he's called Nothing in Common with Whoopi Goldberg. And that movie was a hit. But Whoopi Goldberg shared that weight with him. Yeah. Came out in 93. Uh, and that movie, that movie was a hit. Made 100 million. Like that was a hit. Like, you know, worldwide, but like that movie worked. Right. But then he does like Macaulay Culkin trying to share the weight again. But unfortunately he just missed the Macaulay Culkin train. Yeah. He's just too old. I think that's like getting even with dad. And that movie, that movie didn't do well. Uh, and, you know, unless there's like almost a bigger. A bigger star next to him. Or at least equal or equal or greater value. <laughs> right. uh, then he, it doesn't is, work. It's weird because he, right, exactly. He was huge. Cheers. Huge. Biggest TV star, most highest paid TV star for years. And I mean, I, I think it's safe to say in the late 80s, early 90s, he was the biggest TV star on the planet. Okay. And it's but that just, doesn't necessarily translate to being a film star, I guess it though. doesn't. You, people love, people get used to and love the character. Right. And if he does that character really well, then he can be stratosphere. And he but does that he, character here. He's basically he Sam Malone. He, he is, basically. Like Dumber, he's a, but ladies, basically. Yes. Ladies, man. Yeah. Um, he even did some stuff with his hair. What, I was going to say, what the fuck is going on with his hair? Is that real right, right it there? It can't be real. It right? looks like- Well, a- I mean, at the end of Cheers, famously, he takes a, a toupee off mm. in the last season with Carla. He, he trusts Carla that he keep a secret. That's right. But it's more just the back end of the hair. It, the but whole here, thing though, the looked, whole hair looks so- It looked like a helmet. It was, it was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> no. And you think he's like not that old. He's, uh, he might even be- he's 40, he's a- I think he's 40. He's the same age as Sal. Yeah, age. forty, early forties. Yeah, exactly. Gutenberg is in his late twenties. I know he's, he's like twenty nine here. Yeah, he's the and he actually like almost looks as old as Selick. 
All these. Oh, Salak looks so old. Oh, you think he looks so old? old. I, I think That's Salak looks good. Oh, no, no, he looks great. Okay, very handsome, but looks yeah. old. That's the thing with this movie. So, everybody looks old. Here's my here's my problem. Well, number of problems. Why are these three men living together? That's the what first, is happening? My very first question when we are introduced to these motherfuckers. You're like, so these very these successful bachelors in their well, two presumably, successful. Okay, the one's dude, not. I guess. I guess, Sam, right. I guess. But he was like, he was still kind of a famous. He's been commercials and Supposedly, an actor, right. and, commercial yeah. actor. I guess. But right. Yeah. Well, he doesn't. And yes, right. I guess. I don't know. It's hard to tell. But still, kind of known. I guess right. you could say fame and success. Right. But whatever. Three men that could easily go the, alone. Right. Who just want to share this. Had together and bring in chicks, have weird catered parties pool afterwards. It's, I don't, it's like, and also, like that apartment in New York City. I know it's the late 80s, so it's not like today, but oh my god, that is insane. Uh, so, the apartment is the best part of this entire movie, it's the actually. worst part. In a lot I of ways, fucking though. love this apartment. Well, no, shit, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's not so at all. Stupid. How come there's an inside and outside part? Like, you have to go, you get one point, he goes outside to yeah, another room. I don't know where they live. That is like, I know they can't. Do. Okay, I'm it's sorry. It's the penthouse. It says P. I'm sorry. You cannot have an apartment like that in a movie without explaining it. It's an easy explanation. Oh, my uncle gave it. There's some, a grandfather, there's, no, I don't care if he's an architect. I know, I know. I feel like they were saying he built that. I'm, I know, they, they were too. Yeah. That's fine. I, then how does he have access to a penthouse, whatever, in New York City? Uh, well, uh, he, like, so if he built it. that building, maybe he got- He I don't built know, the entire building now? No, he's the architect for that building. And so, so maybe- So then you get a free penthouse as that works? Yeah, probably, you know, in today's <laughs> you, dollars, you, it's probably 50,000 a month or something. Oh, uh, no, no, no. That's a million dollars a month. Oh, you think it's that much? Yeah. Holy shit. In Manhattan, what that apartment was, that's a million dollars. I mean, it's apartment. big, but it's hard to get- it's there's, hard not many to, there's not many buildings in Manhattan. Yeah, like, I in Where they were? Yeah, I guess. It's a million dollar a month apartment. Like that is like- They should not afford that. No shit, Matt. <laughs> no one can afford that. Like Jerry Seinfeld can't afford that. Like that is insane. Yeah. What are we doing? Yes. You can't have that. You cannot have like, you can't just give people like insane wealth without at least on some level. By the way, I'm kidding. Jerry Seinfeld, of course, could afford, but that's exactly who would be there. It's someone who's made like a billion dollars. Exactly. You need to be a billionaire. Right. None of these guys are billionaires. Because who would waste a million dollars? You know what I mean? Like, like he's who an would, architect? Yes. A, um, so Selleck plays an architect, which yes. is fine. Architect, right. he's a successful one, isn't going to, I don't know if a successful architect's going to make a million a year. Nah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, that's being generous. I mean, he's that, building a major skyscraper. No way. Not a million. He's not making a million. So Gutenberg. Is a he's like draws like a Garfield. He's a cartoon, right? Exactly. He's a cartoon, which is fine, but it doesn't seem like they have like it doesn't seem like it's Garfield though. It seems like it's like a low rent Garfield, like or there's some sort of like hip, uh, hip like it almost 60s looks like the Garfield. Cheetos. Remember hey, when the Cheetos man. guy was cool? Was like, of, hey, Cheetos. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it was. He looked like the Cheetos. He like, played jazz. He did play jazz, but they were trying not to do like a like a black person's voice. I think they're trying to be really careful not to get about, racist. I was wondering about that. I'm like, really, which, what voice is what he doing, doing here, guys? What voice is he <laughs> yeah. doing there? Um, and then Ted Danson's like a commercial actor. And like commercial actors, like I know, like, yeah, if you get a national ad, it kind of pays your bills for a few months. It's great. Yeah. Um, but like, you're not making insane money. Yeah, you're not making hundreds like you, of thousands a year. No, no. I mean, unless you're like the best commercial, like, right. You right. have to get really lucky. Yeah. Like, I feel like I don't you know. can't do that. And, okay, so then they have their own lobby. They do. Well, it's not a with, big lobby though. With the worst mural. I love that mural. That is so <laughs> ugly and stupid. It <laughs> so looks bad. awful. I, I hate it. it. Oh, I it's so ugly. love it. Oh, it touched my stomach. What do you love did about you, it? Did you know? Did you notice too? So it's it's the three of them yes. like humping each other, right? <laughs> like in a row. Did oh. you notice that what happens with so and it's next to the window? One of their arms juts out, like 
across the window. So it's like they they expand the wall. It's like a cardboard angle of the arm that goes over the window. It's very strange. What egos? Yeah. I mean, imagine painting your image on the wall. Me and my friends. Me and my buddy, dude, like, how's my, so my weird? Friends? It's like, why are these? Why are these guys? It's friends? almost like getting tattoos together. How do they friends, meet? You know? Oh, I've like, done that. <laughs> I know you. Have. It's not like getting tattoos together. I don't live with my. Like, why? <laughs> They're in their forties. Like, these guys are not young men. No. Maybe Gutenberg, but these guys are not. But even so, like, why are they friends? Yeah, if you're bachelors, your bachelors in your twenties. This is how you explain it. Your bachelors in their twenties, and they're in a, a small apartment in New York. That makes sense. Like, they're sharing rent. Right, but they're on the up. But they're not. But they're not. Well, Gutenberg is in his twenties. Yeah, but twenty nine. I mean, he looks older than that, though. He doesn't look that. He looks he younger look than like that. No, Danson looks like he's fifty. He Danson looks so old. But Gutenberg looks. He looks like mid thirty. He looks older. Selick looks like Selick looks. Selick looks, 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 looks like it should be like a suburban dad. Yeah, he does. Like he does not look like a young no, man. No, he's fit. He's still. No, he's yeah. still good. No, but like a fit suburban dad. He does not. He, he doesn't look like he's in his thirties. He does not. He does no. not look like he should be a single man. No, none of these people do. So I'm like, when does this, how long are they going to do this for? So they made this huge <laughs> commitment to this giant apartment in New York. How long are they going to do this for? Are they going to stay bachelors like this for the rest of their lives? Old maids as men? And they make a joke. Like, so Selig says to Gutenberg at one point, he's like, oh, I'll give you a thousand dollars to change that diaper, which is funny. You know, on, it on, is. On, on face it value. Is. It is. But it's like, all right, so, all right, so then Selig is obviously the, the money man here. Yeah. But like, but so does that mean that Gutenberg is like, so Gutenberg's poor enough to accept a thousand? Like, is he like not that he's poor? But you know what I mean? Like, like he also does. He Selleck wouldn't have said it to Gutenberg unless Gutenberg had much less money than him. I guess we have to assume that he's like Dilbert money. Like he's Scott Adams money. He's like he's got the most successful. No, but they know. I don't think so. I think you're wrong because Selleck wouldn't have said that to Dilbert to Scott Adams. You know what I mean? Like Selleck was yeah, saying maybe. that basically saying like I have more money than you. I'll give you this to do that, which is what you say to a poor. But friend. didn't the guy say? But didn't Steve? Didn't Gutenberg say no? I'm not going to do it. I don't think we got an answer. I think we was kind of like that was the an beat answer. and it went on to the next That's scene. too bad. But, but, that, but you wouldn't say that to someone who was richer than you. I guess you wouldn't. Right. You could well, go, I'd be like, fuck you. I'll give you $2,000. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I have more money than you. I don't, don't. don't. So, you think he was looking down on And we know that Danson's like losing commercial spots. So we know that the pecking order money-wise is Selleck, Gutenberg, Danson. Yeah, I think that's right. Like, I don't think- Oh, right. Because because Selleck said, yes, we they do set it up like that. Because Selleck even says, I'll pay your month ne- or your oh, rent next right. month too. If you take right. the the Broadway job or whatever it is. For some reason in the 80s, this is absolutely true. If, if you watch a lot of sitcoms back then or watch movies. For some reason, the eighties wildly, wildly overvalues architects. Like in the in the eighties, like an architect is might as well be like Mr. Yes, Monopoly. That's like true. for some reason, it's wild. It's it's like, like Family Ties. Elise uh, is an architect. Yes, they are. They like they struggle a little bit more with money than 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 Tom Selleck does. But other movies like Architects are like that is like an unbelievable job. It's very strange. I don't understand. I don't know. It's this generation like. Um, like, idolizing Frank Lloyd Wright or something. I don't get it. It was very weird how like people looked at architects. So had architect, yeah. And then also it's true, cartoonists were a big deal. Cartoonists and marketing. I remember like in that show Thirty Something, there were people that were marketing, and that was like a big oh, deal. Yeah, like yeah, cartoon- yeah. people who could draw yeah, yeah. had real value in the eighties. Like they saw, so they saw this as a great thing. Yeah. So if you could draw and you're an architect, and you could com- combine them, you had two of them living in the same apartment, then I guess you can afford a oh, palace. You just you had so and much money. So at the end of the movie. <laughs> To kind of tie, maybe tie up this apartment bow here. <laughs> so like they bring on the wife with Nancy Travis. Sylvia. Sorry, sorry Sylvia. not the wife. The baby's the mom, mother. Uh, Mary's mother. Sylvia. Right. Nancy Travis. In a, the, maybe the worst British accent I've ever heard in my life. I, I'm like, is this? What is? What do we? Why? Why, why just say hire a British actress? Or just say she's from California or something. Why? Why does that have to be London? It's so bizarre. It's a terrible accent. I almost think, and this is the cynic in me here. 
there were a couple sp- shots of British Airways. Were there? Yeah, like the plane is oh, yeah, clearly the plane. trying to reach That's right. You see British oh. Airways like, when they're running through the, the airplane. I, Some the advertising airport. I right always there? wonder if like, we got to figure out a way to make this British. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Like, I didn't use a British actress. Why? Well, like, there's no shortage of those. No. Like, what are we doing? Like, go get Emma Thompson or whatever back then. You know what I mean? Like, you could, um, or someone we never heard of. It's, yeah, it didn't, the mother is in the film for about eight minutes. So it, she doesn't have to be even known. No. I mean, I know her now. I know her face now. But, I don't but, know but, but no one knew, most likely, no, no one knew who she was then. Probably not. This was yeah. like her, one of her breakout her first, things. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. So, like, what? <laughs> I don't, so I don't confused. know. So confused. So, all right. So they bring they bring her in. And they're like, all right, you can come live with it, which is totally insane, by the way. This whole thing is so stupid. Oh no, I like that. I think that's a good idea. You got three bachelors. They're just smitten with this little Mary. With, with bring the, the mom in, and the mom comes in, and like the mom and Ted Danson are have, have broken up. But that I'm sure that'll work out really. Oh well. yeah, that's gonna be great when he starts bringing home chicks. Right. He's yeah, fucking and some she's woman. Bringing, she's bringing home dudes. Right. Right. Hey, you can, you, Mary, can you I'm watch gonna, Mary and fuck, fuck this guy? guy. <laughs> yes. yes. Like <laughs> this whole thing is like well, the worst. Solution. And okay, so this apartment is somehow massive, but somehow so close that they all like all their women that that they have sleep over kind of cra- walk into each right. other, or like or to the other members of the household. So can, you're gonna see like the shame walk the next day uh, with, I, with 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 uh, Sylvia or whatever her name is uh, dudes that she's like, fucking. It, this walk the whole shame? thing is so preposterous. So at the end, she's like, "Well, I have no, there's no room and, for me." And Tom says, "Like I build you a room." Yeah. So they're gonna just what? jut this off the side of the building. Do they have more? If, so how big is this building? It's they have so more big. room in the back end. Like what? I, you go out, you go in. It, seriously, there's like some sort of outside roof deck area between everybody else and Tom Selleck's room. I think I don't know. Now I'm sure someone's like listening to this. I'm like, oh, stop it, guys. It's a silly company. Okay, you can have a silly company. It's fine. It doesn't mean it has to be stupid. No, like there, it's not ha- like everything's fiction. You can make it up. It's not hard to explain some things or have things make sense. You know, when people say, oh, it's just a silly comedy, what you're basically saying is, I'm, I'm fine with it being lazy. I'm fine with them talking down to you and thinking you're stupid enough stupid to Stupid enough to get by with my lazy by. writing. Right, exactly. Because this is lazy. This is absolutely lazy. But this whole and, movie is incredibly lazy. And they had a second attempt. Like, this is a French film. They could have said, oh, what didn't work about that film? Let's make this better. Well, they... <laughs> so let's talk about the... Uh, the that, believe it or not, there's an element of this film that works out. That is the one of the worst plot devices I've ever seen. Yeah. in a movie that unnecessary, also so unrealistic and wild, super unrealistic. So okay, it starts off for and it's, this is based like said, a French film, which a lot of French comedies deal with misunderstandings. So um, we can do the French accent. Right? Oh, 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 we can do that, right? Yes, you can. Okay, yes. Good. Uh, <laughs> but like misunderstanding is a huge part of French comedy. So. Um, that's right. I remember the green card, Jabard, uh, yeah, or, yeah. De father, or the Jabard, uh, Gerard Depardieu did a fatherhood one, like where in, in uh, the, uh, it was like mistake. Uh, go ahead, sorry. There was like mistaken identity. Yes, yeah, it's very yeah. common in French. Yes, 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 um, it's what they they find that to be very funny. And that's what a lot of their their yeah. themes are in comedies. So it certainly has that. It has oh, we get, I'm getting a package delivered, and of course a package. Uh, you know, a baby shows up, and they think it's the package, but then later on a real package comes. Yes. Okay, fine. That's all. That's that's and I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with is the package that comes to the house, the, the correct package, if you will, is filled with heroin. It's fucking heroin. Which, <laughs> they, then they go, the bad guys go and pick up, and of course, there's a snafu, and they, Steve Gutenberg and, and Tom Selleck then give a baby to two strange men. That look like mobsters. That will seem scary and weird. and have no apparent understanding very, how to take care of baby. Very and scary. And then there's like, oh, well, it's the package. They should have it. 
no one in their right mind would just give a baby to strangers. Ever. Especially if you've been hanging on to this baby for a couple days now. Right. And you're like. And you kind of care for it. Like, right. Or anything. I don't care if it was. A, I don't care who it was. Let's say you're in the mall and you come across a baby, whatever. You would want, if someone came by, oh, that's my baby. You'd be like, whoa, hold on. Like, let's figure, let's either have yeah, the authorities come. Right. Or I want to see some sort of proof, a yes. picture or something. I, right. We need to find out this is your baby. I'm not just going to give you this baby. So what you have to believe is 10 Danzen, 10 Danzen, you know, w- set it up so that they were going to just, without telling them, right. deliver a baby right. to your roommates. And then they're going to hold on to it for a couple of days and give it to a stranger. Right. So you got to believe that Ted Danzen would do that to you? That's your friend who you live with? Your fucking friend? You paint murals of? Like, who you're going to pay his rent for? It's just bizarre. So, the, so of course, the Robert, the, the, I'm sorry, the Roberts, the, the drug addict, the drug the dealers. Drug, the, the mafia, whatever. The, whatever. whatever. Yeah, the, drug dealers. Yeah, the, the pushers, if you will, uh, steal this baby and uh, take the baby. And then, um, or they want to take, they almost get away with it. But of course, luckily, the last, the right at the right moment, oh. the cops intervene, including like undercover DEA guys. Not only that, at the perfect time, Tom okay. Selleck finds the package and right. says, oh, wait, should this be it? It, does, it looks like a greeting card. It, like, that doesn't look like a package. No. Why would that turn the light bulb on for you? It wouldn't. Right. Oh, my God, this must be the package, not the child. It's like, what? And, you know, the whole second act is basically oh my them God. trying to so bad. Uh, elude the police, which, remember, it's an architect and a cartoonist who have no <laughs> criminal background whatsoever, <laughs> eluding the police, who the detective actually sees pretty smart. So, like, he's not like he's a goofy no. cop. He's kind of what he's doing. And then um, they <laughs> they trap the drug pushers, these drug dealers, in a warehouse, and they <laughs> it is like they do like a fake exchange. It is so bizarre, and it's all videotaped by Steve Gutenberg. There's a chase, and then at the last second, the police come in to save the day. Meanwhile, they're hiding. They're hiding the ba- Ted Danson has the baby hidden while he's in drag. It is the. <laughs> I mean, like it is so bizarrely complicated and just. So out of left field. And I understand like, oh, these kind of misunderstand. You know, I think in the in the even for a French movie, that plot device, which was which was an original film, I believe, that was more accepted. I, but still also like this is kind of fucked up. It made no but sense. But for American audiences, you have to realize like that's not what American audiences want in a comedy. Like, what are we doing here? Like, we need to take that out. Like, you don't need you don't need to be like ho- this isn't like the Bible. This isn't like a sacred no, no, text it's not. we need it to like not. Not. You can, make sure you, you can, carry over every can, element of it. You can make it better. You can change it up and make it better if you want. And I, I know Ebert's review, he was really down on this. Well, I'm sure anyone with a half a brain would be down on this plot. No one, I can't imagine anyone likes it. It's completely that. unnecessary. Yeah. It's totally fine to do a movie about three bachelors who suddenly assume a baby somehow. Three men and a baby, if you will. Oh, 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 maybe. <laughs> follow, just follow the title. But yeah, you could. It, could, it should have been three men and a baby in a drug deal. <laughs> but you could have had like... <laughs> You know, uh, stuff maybe more stuff with the mom, maybe, and then you know, then the mom comes yes. by, yes, and you know, the, I think you know, a lot of this movie feels like, and I know it's from a existing film, so I, this probably isn't this isn't the case, but a lot of the movie feels like, all right, we got this solution. Oh shit, how do we rectify this? Like, uh, like almost like they jump in the pool before they realize they could swim. So you have this like exchange of packages. That's funny. It's like, oh shit, we actually have to like now figure out what to do with these drug gotta, dealers. Right. Oh, sh- you know, oh the baby gets dropped off the doorstep. Oh great. Oh shit, now we got to rectify like the mom not being a complete. <laughs> fucking asshole horrible human being Horrid. who just abandoned her baby at a doorstep and then you just take so right okay you would never give that so woman the, the baby back. back fuck you yeah the mom comes back and she's cry- tom Selleck, first of all lets her in doesn't like check an id or not even you wouldn't even know it's like i don't 
I, I don't know who you are. Meanwhile, remember, they had just gotten out of a potential gunfight. With yes, they did. The mafia. Why'd you bring the baby to the drug deal? <laughs> Leave it with Mrs. Hathaway or whatever it is. Right. Why yes. bring the baby to the drug deal? Why does Stu, Steve Gutenberg fall over? Why? We didn't even mention the apartment gets, by the way, broken into and trashed. Oh, completely trashed. And then you even know Miss Hathaway gets all, or I don't know her name, but it gets all tied up and shit. Next time we take, next time we take the baby. Yeah, why didn't, why I think that's the explanation why they took the babies, because they didn't want the baby to be in the, they needed to have eyes on the baby. But why bring the baby to the drug dealer? Why doesn't Ted Danson just bring the baby to a hotel and hunker down? Exactly. He was, well, he's, I guess he's got to be there fucking up the buttons of the elevator. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so terrible. Like, I, I'm I'm really down on Ebert, you know, a little bit today. Like you I, should be. Like, Three stars on, is man. bullshit. Like, come on. And like I get it's like oh it's funny to watch these men try to take care of baby, and at times it is mildly amusing at best. Um, certainly is a strong point of this film. It is. But, and Tom Selleck is too. Actually, but there's I like so him. much wrong with this. It's a terrible. Movie. Selleck's trying so hard. He's here. trying really hard. He's like yeah, I'm trying to save this. D- Danson's like, by the way, and I love Ted Danson. Out. Oh my god, he, he doesn't give a shit. He's almost like you can almost <laughs> see in the background just reading like Cheers lines. Like, all right, gotta get ready for next season. Like, and Gutenberg, Gutenberg's doing some work here. Danson seems like I, I'm. Good. He, d- he like, didn't care. Like, he's like, well, he had like twelve lines. Well, he re- it really isn't. It's really two men and a baby. It is. So Danson, I, he's third bill too, isn't he? I th- I know it's Selleck is one. I think it should Gutenberg, be. It should be that way. I think Gutenberg is built above fair, it. That's the fairest way to do it. But I felt weird about it though. It's not how it was marketed though. No. And I remember this movie came out. I saw it as a kid. But I remember it. I mean, look at the title. But it really is three men and a baby. Like you think of those three guys together, but it's really not. It is not. He is in a very small portion of the film. It's very strange. And it's wild that like at the end of the movie, they're all chasing in this. Of course, they have to have a chase in an airport. Oh, the fucking airport. Nowhere. Uh, but um. They have that scene, and it seems that like Selleck cares way more about the baby than the actual father. I think you're absolutely right. Right. What I take out of this is Selleck is the father of this baby. Right. He is the one that cares most about Mary. You see him have like the <laughs> the most touching moments with Mary. Like he falls asleep. Yes. He grabs her little hand through the wherever she, you know in her little crib thing as he's falling asleep. Like you see that. You don't see that with Gutenberg. You don't you see, see that. Right. You see some stuff with Gutenberg's definitely seems like a more like. Just trying to help out. Yes, exactly. But yeah, Selleck is definitely Selleck the caregiver, the, the primary caregiver. Right. Yeah. Even and mom and the like. Yeah. And that's the thing. So you have you have Danson come back, Danson come back, and you don't. There isn't enough time at that point to buy that his relationship no. has grown enough to want to keep this kid. But they do a montage. The so time does take place in it theory, does, based but on us. that montage, and based on what we hear in the story, the montage is a much longer period of time than the part of the movie we see. Yes. Um, because the Danson says, oh, I got cut. My park got cut. I'm home. He was only gone for like four days. That's right. And then the montage scenes take place over weeks. It's supposed to be, yeah. Well. We don't see any of that. So how do you buy that their relationship has grown? How do you buy that he wants to take care of this kid? It seems like Ted, uh, it seems like, uh, um, what's his face does? No, Selleck. Selleck wants to. You also have an odd scene with uh, Ted Danson's mom. Which is also a famous scene. We'll talk about that in a second yeah, too. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I mean, we can't. We can touch on it. But it it's, is, it's, okay, it's, so there's you know, people thought for a long time there was a, a boy, a ghost name, of a dead a boy, ghost of a boy <laughs> killed himself with a shotgun. Okay, I, I guess in real life, it, I was this. So watching it, I wasn't even looking for it. I knew it was obviously in the movie. I forgot about it. Yeah, and it is creepy, but it's only creepy because I'm looking in the background because it's during this whole period of time where the mafia is after them. Right. So I thought for a second, I'm like, is that someone the mafia? Yes. Fuck. 
It's like, oh no. And then you realize they go back. It is, but it's kind of a creepy thing. Yeah. It's a cardboard cutout of uh, Ted right, Danson. And is, we see it, we see that cardboard cutout in a few other scenes. And I, I guess you saw it more, it was more present, but those scenes got cut out of the film. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, people think it's a ghost. It's not a ghost. It's, it's not a, a fucking ghost. It's, it's, yeah, whatever. But that scene is bizarre for a lot of reasons, including, including that. It's also sloppy too. Like that, like when you're shooting that scene. You should know. You have that looks weird. Yes. And that you also know, weird. like, we are also in the middle of, in theory, in in this universe, where people are after them. We can't have a cutout of someone in the background because it looks like someone's after them. Yes. And it distracts from the scene. Like, that's just bad directing. Like, Nimoy. I know you love Leonard <laughs> no Nimoy. Fucking Nimoy. You're a big Leonard Nimoy fan. I like Leonard, I like Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy. Leonard is great. Leonard Nimoy, other things. Well, he did direct three and four. Start did. those two Star Trek movies, movies, which I think are good. But I don't think that's because Leonard Nimoy directed them. I mean, oh, well, I'm the, not going to give. Him, I'm lot. sorry, I'm not giving him credit. No, he, well, you should give him some credit. But but there was a lot there already. Of course, I mean, the writing was there. The characters were already developed. Everybody knew these people. It's like, so what do you what do you actually have to do? Well, it was probably way less heavy lifting than most other movies, particularly because he also started the TV show. So he he knew what everybody was. He knew all the characters intimately. Yeah, uh, I'm, so I'm, that wasn't I'm, I'm going to prove my point. Uh, give me one second now. I want to go through the Leonard uh, Nimoy directing filmography here to prove that I am right. I mean, I'm already, I'm already, you don't have to, pr- I, I get, yes, I, I give him no credit. So he's directed Star Trek 3, Search for Spock, which is a really good movie. It is really good. Star Trek 4, Voyage Home, which. I like it. Most people, I think people like that more than I did. But, is that the uh, one that's, that takes that's place the in whales. modern t- the way? I actually like that a lot. It I know a lot of people don't like it, but, but I actually, it's, it's not my favorite I, I, it's one. It's really it's funny. Good. It's really entertaining. Um, those are, I think those are two very good movies. Yes. Three Men and a Baby is awful. Yes, okay. Usually, I know I get it, but it's, it's awful. Then he directs a movie called The Good Mother, um, which is with uh, Diane Keaton and William Neeson. Yeah. I've never seen this. Never seen it. Um, uh, it completely tanked. Um, after that, it gets it gets really bad. Um, he directs a movie called uh, Funny About Love Haven't and a movie it. called Holy Matrimony. Haven't Funny About it. Love is with Gene Wilder yeah. in kind of a dramatic lead. Um, uh, it, that movie uh, made under $10 million at the box office. Then he directs a movie called Holy Matrimony, which I have not seen, yeah. which I believe Patricia Arquette marries Joseph Gordon-Levitt. By the way, this is 1984 when oh Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like 12. Yes. Uh, movie, by the way, movie cost $16 million to make. Okay. Yeah. You want to guess how much it, how much it brought in? I'm going to just guess $4 million. <laughs> Close. 713,000. <laughs> so, I'm surprised people didn't want to rush out to see Patricia Arquette and uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt get married. Um... So, uh, and then, and then after that, I think Nimoy, very smart man. Very smart. So he did realize, I think pretty quickly that he maybe wasn't maybe cut out for directing. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm done with that part of my life. So he, his credit, he knew when to walk, although maybe no one was going to give him anything else to direct after that. Maybe not. But he did walk away. I mean, with three, four, and then this, which all three of those were monster hits. Uh, I can understand why he got a chance. This kind of goes back to this period of time. This is, uh. I want to kind of talk about this for a second. Okay. Kind of explain away my friend Rod Rebert here uh, and some of the reviews. Because even Janet Maslin, who's a pretty critical, uh, critic, uh, but like a critical critic, you know, yeah. someone who's more on the negative side, yeah. right of the New York Times. Ebert she, can be gentle. She didn't hate this. Yeah, Ebert, I think is, Ebert can be rough too. He can. Um, but he's pretty fair. Yeah. Um, I think Maslin's more negative. Um, but people, critics like this movie. Okay. We talked about Tom Selleck. And you said, oh, Tom Selleck, you know, in his mind, he's probably thinking, oh, this is probably, this is like a last gasp kind of thing for me being a movie star. But I don't think so. And I kind of explained why earlier. Yeah. So I think it's true also of Leonard Nemo. He's probably thinking, shit, I just directed three massive hits in a row. Yes, two are franchise. This one had nothing. Oh, this is the biggest movie. This was the biggest movie of, of the year. That is crazy. 
Is it, uh, what would it be? A basic instinct. Oh, fatal attraction. Fatal attraction, whatever. Uh, Same thing. Uh, um, <laughs> right, but, uh, right, but I mean, every movie, every single movie that came out in 1987, this movie made more money, which is fucking wild. Yes. Um, so he, he must think, my God, like I'm going to be a giant director. I mean, obviously I'm older now, so I'm not going to have like a Spielbergian career. I understand that. But I'm, there's no reason why I can't rattle off another four or five massive movies. And I probably directed that Diane Keaton one as kind of like an art house. Like, oh, I'll mm. try to get some, maybe I can, maybe I can win an get Oscar. Get some cred. Yeah, win an Oscar. It didn't work. And he kind of then tried to veer back. And by then, it, you know, but, I, I, but this movie sucks. That's the thing is like, I think everyone was looking, in the prism of this time, you think you enjoy Ted Danson on TV. Steve Gutenberg's at the height of his power. Yes. Uh, Selleck is someone you enjoy on TV. And then um, the premise was unique enough. And I think people maybe would just like Jonesing for a comedy. I, one of the reviews I read might have been Ebert. It's like, this was one of the funniest. The scene when they're trying to put the diaper on the baby. Yes. It's one of the funniest scenes that. That you've Ebert. seen in some and time. Like, it's not, I mean, it's kind of charming, but it's not that funny. I don't know if I even laugh. Baby I poops chuckled, and maybe? pees on you is kind of a normal thing. It's not. That. I mean, we've seen that in movies before. And also, I will say this to the movie's defense. So, obviously, it's 2022. Yeah. Like, Matt and I live in a world where fathers have much more of that a That is true, too. In... This is a more misogynistic right. uh, movie because, right. Oh, time. The, yes, and time. Like, really, time. Yeah. The movie, the movie is, um, you know, trying to... You're right. So, it's like... like you know a woman. You can, you're, you're a woman. You know how to raise right. a baby. Yeah. And, of... right, you know what to do here. Yeah, right. And, you know, men didn't... We didn't see, whether it be film, television, uh, walk of life... You didn't see men take care of babies as much. Now, having said that, it wasn't completely bizarre. Like, I know no. my father changed diapers. And I know yes. for a fact, because I was alive and I saw it, like, my sister was born in 1987. Right. She had diapers on when this movie was came out. Yeah. My father changed diapers. Yes, of course. Like, and it wasn't like this crazy thing. It was definitely like, oh, like, I remember some moms being like, oh, that's great that that already, oh, that already helps out that, right, with yeah, the baby. Sure. But like people weren't like, oh, what? Like it was like this crazy, <laughs> you know, like my dad went and bought baby food at the supermarket. Like of it wasn't course. like, it was a crazy, like like a father, yes. you know, helping out wasn't, it wasn't like it's 1967. Exactly. You know, it's 1968. So, so like, but I guess in fairness, it still also wasn't 2022. So it maybe would have been more bizarre to see yeah, well, this. We had, you know, a little earlier than this, we had Mr. Mom too. So it was a, you know what I mean? It's a so great you, point. So you do have. And it wasn't even a little earlier, Matt. Like that was four years earlier. I know that's, you know what I'm saying? But that's a great point, man. I know yeah. it's the same thing as like the dad takes care of the house, but but you're absolutely right. It's like, well, yeah, it's kind of a crazy thing, but it's not that no, crazy. it's not. It's like, not. and this is four years later. We've kind of hit some of the same notes. Yeah. And Mr. Mom, by the way, is a flawed movie for it sure. Is. It's better than this. Oh, it is. Yeah, we thought that it was because Keaton is is really good in it, and uh, actually the acting in general is pretty good. I'm it. giving this a D, by the way, D for dumb. I think I gave it a D. This plus. movie is a dumb, 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 D dumb. D plus. You called it trash though. It is trash. It's borderline trash. Okay. I don't, yeah, give, I, I don't just give trash doesn't mean F. Trash means trash. And this is trash. Well, it's also changed. stupid. It is. This is, this is, I will it say is. this might be the dumbest movie we've covered. No, but it's really, this movie's it's, really it's dumb pretty now. dumb. It's pretty dumb. It is. I don't know that it's the dumbest, but it's. I can't think of too many dumber. Because like Battlefield Earth. Or like Alvin and the Chipmunks. Actually, and so this brings me to my point. What the, who the fuck, who was this for? Oh, Single everyone. moms? No, no, I mean, no, 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 like, no, no, who, no. Who is this? Like, dudes are going, dads are going to this? Dude, Kids are going to this? Drug everyone, deal? Everyone went to this. I know, but like, it doesn't seem like it would be, you uh, know what I mean? I, don't, I disagree. So, you think it, you yeah, think it's I like, remember how this is marketed. So think about what you're doing mm -hmm. here, right? You have two of the biggest TV stars in the world, yeah. if not the two biggest. And so 
you're comfortable having them in your home kind of thing. So you have that yeah, relationship yeah. with them. That's right. And Gutenberg is a very comfortable presence on screen. He is. Not a great actor, but he definitely is like a... Like very, oh, he's very warm. And, and yeah. then by 1987, you, like I said, you know him from Police Academy, Short Circuit. Yeah. Uh, the first Cocoon. Um, so like, all right, like I know these guys, right? Was he in Cocoon or was Cocoon after this? Um, I don't remember. Really Cocoon, matter. I thought was maybe was earlier than this. Isn't 84, 85, something like that? No, it wasn't that early. Uh, regardless. I don't remember. Um, but like, you're right. But any, anyway, it's like, you know, Steve Gutenberg, you definitely have a relationship with, you definitely like know what he's all about. So, you know, you, you, when you have that relationship with these guys and the way it's marketed is like, this is kind of almost like a sitcom. 85 Cocoon. All right. Oh, was that early, huh? Mm -hmm. that was, Howard did it that early, huh? Mm -hmm. Wow, good for him. Um, Cocoon 2 was 89, 88, I think. I think he did it right after this and it didn't work. I don't, I and know. That was kind I've of the beginning it, of the I... end of Steve Gutenberg, actually. Was the second cocoon. 88 was. Uh, yeah, this is when it all fell apart for yeah. Gutenberg. Plus, he did Broadway for five years. Did he really? Hollywood, yeah. Wow. I think the part's right yet. Yeah. Because he does Three Men with the Little Lady. That's and right. And that's There's pretty like much the only 90 movie, or something? Like, yeah. And after that, he doesn't, like, in a movie getting to like 95. Nope. I don't think, I think it just, it passed. Right up. Because yep. he wasn't a movie star. He was a concept. He's a, he can be a, he can be a, Leading man in a concept-driven film, but he can't be he can't be a movie star. And he's not really strong enough to be a supporting actor either, because he's he's not a he's character. Not, he he's not drama. a character actor. Right. He can only do these concept yeah. like comedies. That's right. Um so uh my point is that this was marketed as a sitcom yeah. that oh yeah, everyone can see. And it was brilliant. They marketed, like I said, as a TV show yeah. in the base screen with and like back then, I know it's hard to understand now if you're younger. But in 1987, TV was really powerful. Look at the TV ratings for the World Series in 86. And look at them now. Look at the TV ratings for the number one shows on TV. But, you know, Bill Cosby, right. So maybe Bill Cosby's the biggest TV star going. If you, if you don't want to say Tandy Danson is, that's fine. But then Danson's number two. And then Selleck's in that top five. Sure. So like these guys had real weight. They did. And that's the big problem with like Leonard part six is that, oh, <laughs> the reason they say probably like why I didn't make money is they didn't market that as a TV show. No. They marketed it as a action Like comedy. a spy. But it's right. not what we, people want to see Bill Cosby do. No. But people want to see Tom Selleck be a single guy. They want to see Magnum have a baby. They want to see uh, Sam Malone change the diaper. They like, they, like that would be funny. Yep. So that's, they really... They couldn't, they couldn't have, if they casted this differently, there's no way, it's, even with better actors. It doesn't work the same way. It doesn't work. I think you're right. That makes sense. I guess it that makes sense. Wouldn't they made as much, it would, yeah, because really you're watching, because anybody can stay up and watch uh, Cheers with their family. Like, you're, you're a kid, you can oh, watch, yeah. you watch that with your family. Same thing with uh, Magnum. I mean, by 87, fuck, it was on syndication. Yeah. And, so, and Magnum, obviously, drama wasn't on syndication as much, but you could still find it on syndication back yes. then. So, like, these are film, these are shows that you could watch at any time during the day, a lot of times, especially Cheers. Yeah. And then Magnum, that was a, I want to say that was Friday nights at eight. I could be wrong, but I don't, I, remember. I don't remember that being like a late, I remember like watching that pretty regularly. That was yeah. on a lot. Like he had the fancy cars and why like, it was definitely more of a grown up show than like, I um, watched it a lot. Growing pains was, but like, yeah, yeah. But, like we could watch it and be like, right. You know, and, and you couldn't help but like him. Oh, absolutely. And He's super like, that's the thing is they made these guys single. Mm. Selleck and Danson both play single guys on their shows. It worked out. I really guess you're well. right. I guess uh, it's the perfect casting for this. Had they gone with, you know, you know Liam Neeson or you know or people who maybe who are better actors, you know, uh, you know Kevin Spacey or whatever, better actors, it wouldn't have worked because audiences wanted to see those characters. That's what they really makes sense. Figured it out, even though it sucked so bad. Bad movie. Why did Danzen check out though? Like that's so annoying. If you were in that movie and had, saw that script, you'd be fucking giving uh, it your all. But then don't take it. You've seen the script though. Because well, they're paying you a lot of fucking yeah, money. Well, no. Money. How much? That was my other question. I think it. What, what was the budget? Ten million. Yeah, that's not a lot. Oh, I think it was a little more than that. But let's say they gave each of the guys a million bucks. 
Is that a lot back then for that? I mean, those guys were how much? If it's if a major, like, it's a major movie. Nemo's yeah. coming off two, uh, yeah, the franchise, but it's also a chance for you to kind of propel yourself. I guess so. It's easy, but to those thing. two were probably making a shit ton more than that. But the able, the other thing too is, and the reason Selleck and Dancer both could do that was because yeah. they shot this during the summer, mm. uh, or you know, early oh, summer. So you can make an extra million bucks during the summer during the off season. I see. Cheers is Cheers is done for the year. That's right. Agnum's done for the year. Let's go in, shoot, quick shoot, right, guys. Few weeks here. Yep. Knock this out. Make they did it in Canada. Million. They saved some money doing it that way too. Yeah. The, the, all the interiors were shot in a soundstage. A lot of the movie takes place in that apartment. Doesn't cost much to shoot. I guess Got not. Got the apartment built. It's done. Yeah. That, this movie probably was super cheap to make. Yeah, you're probably right. The cast is actually pretty small. It is. And yeah, really then, then you go to New York for a week and shoot the exteriors. Yep. Um, that's not that hard to do. Yeah. And um, and it's easy peasy. Yeah. And then dancing, Christ, dancing. Like I said, is is there's a whole. He's not even the whole. He's not even in the whole second act. No, he's he's barely there. Like. So, like, he's just, he can fucking check out and yeah. go, go, go back home. I guess so, yeah. I guess. I mean, like, uh, this couldn't have been probably an easier shoot. Yeah. And it fit their TV schedules. Like, we talked about Michael J. Fox, Back to the Future, how it was such a headache trying to do that. And how they really waited till Family Ties was done to do two and three. Um, and, you know, you can't blame them. And so, for these guys, you get an easy script like that. I guess you do it. The other shitty thing about this motherfucker is this Peter fucking Cetera song. Do you listen to the lyrics on this thing? No, I don't She's a lover. It's creepy. She want to be daddy's girl. No, it's weird. it's actually it's a fucked up song. It's really disturbing. It's not good. The beginning of they played Bad Boy by... Uh, That's a good one, though. It's a good Miami song, Sound, but, but these guys aren't bad boys. No, though. they're not. They're Just not. because you're single at a party doesn't make you like a bad boy. She don't ever want to be without you. Never have to worry. She won't doubt you. Then she puts her head upon your shoulder. She says she marry you when she get older. She wants to be daddy's girl. Ugh, so creepy. Did you see that party at the beginning of the movie? It was huge. I don't know that many people. Like, I don't think I've met that many people in my life. I've had parties like that. No. I have. The Purple House in Dover. We yeah, had it's a college one college party. That's yes, different that's, what, that's what I mean. As an not adult? Night, no, not as an adult. No, fuck no. In fact, it was catered, man. Can you imagine? You've never had a party like that. Not like that. Not like that. It's no. insane. It's like more that than a wedding. People, but not like that. No. And and you imagine like, you're in, I'm in my 40s. I've gone to college for a second. I didn't know them. I'm though. in my 40s. I don't want to have people. I don't want to have a lifestyle like that. It's like, stay the fuck out of my house. I don't want that many people in my space. No. I, mean, I can I'm barely not, tolerate you in my space. I don't want a thousand people in my space. It's college parties. I've gone to many parties that were just as big as that. Yes. 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 But yes. I didn't know all of them. That's right. But in theory, if they, they invited, this is Tom Selleck's birthday yeah. party. He knew he knows everyone intimately there. aware of all these people. And yet they know all these people, but yet no one can help with a baby? None of them. Can't have anybody you to call. Can't call any- That's the thing too. Like, <laughs> so oh, I, I can't get in touch with Ted Danson, so we're just gonna have to hunker down and take care of this kid that we have no idea whose kid it is. <laughs> what? <laughs> real for real for two days. You can't call someone. Also, like, what if the baby like had like an illness or had a or allergy or something? Like what like I wouldn't I would I, I mean I don't know if I just I might call the authorities. That's what you do. Like, I wouldn't, even if it's my friend's baby, like, I don't know, like, what happened I here. can't get like, in touch with my friend. He's in Turkey. I'm gonna... And my friend doesn't know this baby exists, I don't think. Or do they know it? I don't think they knew it didn't exist. He doesn't... No, he didn't know it existed. Package? No, no, he didn't know, but did Tom Selleck know that T- Ted Danson didn't know? Because it was the package. Yeah. But he didn't seem to know. I don't know. I think they... Uh, I don't know. This, this movie is fucked up. Uh, this movie's not good, dude. It's not good. I won't call it trash because they're, I like. Tom Selleck a little bit and 
some of the stuff with uh, him and Gutenberg and the baby are pretty cool, but it's 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 uh, it's not, not good. It's not, it's not cool. It's not. It's okay. It's mildly amusing. That little part is okay. Mildly amusing. Mildly amusing. That's why it's not trash, but it is. It's close to that edge. Movie sucks. Close to that edge. Is there anything else about this movie? No. Oh, the only other thing I want to say, sorry, was the detective. So they like let the detective hold the baby with a bunch of drugs in its diaper. But then after the drug bust, they won't let the detective hold the baby. Why? Does not make any sense. <laughs> doesn't, make, doesn't make any sense. And it's, and it's this great, like, fuck you, detective. Like, the guy just helped you out. He's like, yeah, he just, like, you just filmed yourself doing a drug deal, and he's not going to put you in prison. Right. You know what I mean? And now you're mad at him because he held the baby? I think of that script, too, during the drug deal. It's like, you're the professionals, right? Ha, 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 ha. Yes, we're the professionals. <laughs> like, you are the amateurs. You prefer, right. We you prefer, are professionals. We definitely prefer not to work with amateurs in the future like you. We professionally sell drugs. That's <laughs> us. All the time. The pros. Drug pros. <laughs> us. It's like, okay. Fuck you guys. Movie's really dumb. It's really dumb. Anything else with this one? Dumb. Good. Heaven is a place on earth. Belinda Carlisle. Yes. So Belinda Carlisle uh, and the Go-Go start, I think, in like 1978, and they break up in 1985. Um, Belinda had quite the coke habit. Yeah. Quite the cocaine nose. Sniffing right down the road. One of your favorite people then, probably, right? Um, I think so. I do like those cokeheads, don't I? Yep. Yep. Her and Jeff, is that, that, is that, that that's who you're referring to? Mm-hmm. Poor Carl? Yep. Yeah. All right. You want to go there? I just did. Pull a fucking knife to the side. It's already did. <laughs> so, so she releases her solo album in 1986. The first album is called um, Belinda. Belinda. Oh, thank you. Thank you for telling me that. And uh, does have a hit. trouble with it. Does have a hit. Uh, Mad about you was on there, which yes. is, that's an okay song. Hit number yeah. three. Uh, but I think it really underperformed what they were thinking because they're like Go right. Go's sort yeah. of a big band. Oh, sort of is maybe the biggest female band ever. It did, but it's kind of under. Guess how many album sales? Twenty-one. Seven million. No, but isn't that crazy? Like really? we got the beat was number one, and then the they first had another- album where they're uh, or the album where they're all uh, water skiing is yes. like it's a massive hit. It's a great. I'm I'm a big Go Go fan. I think they're really good. I like the Go Go. That's the thing. That, that was the problem with Belinda Carlisle. Yeah. It was her first album. So the Go Go syndrome. The cool. Yes, yes. The Go Go's are cool because they're sort of. They remind me of like early REM. They're like a little punk. Yeah, but was it, was it, was it Jane Wyland? Is that her name? Yeah, she's right. she's fun. She is fun. Uh, also. Uh, the cool thing about the Go-Go's is they wrote all their own songs. They played right. all their own mu- uh, their yeah. own instruments. Like, they're a talented really band. Good. Really cool. Belinda Carlisle didn't write any of these fucking songs. I mean, kind of. But some, most of them yeah. are Diane Warren or some other folks. Or their uh, retreads. Right. Yes. That, She's covering them. That so, I Feel Fine by Cream is. Uh, not good. <laughs> wow. Not good. Great song. Yes, you, a very good song. Sopranos. Yes. Amazing song. Um, and this cover is one of the worst covers it's, I've heard it's, in a while. Almost as bad as Bobby McFerrin cover, but uh, not quite. Fuck off. Um, no, this is way worse. Now. This this has no art. Like, there's no reason for her to do it. She's not doing anything different. It's a fucking Cream song. She has nothing to do with Cream. It's not. I mean, it's fine to do like a different take on it, but that take, oh. that '80s pop take on Cream on uh, I Feel Fine is exceptionally terrible. So I think that was the problem. Is they're expecting Belinda Carlisle to have a little bit of the attitude the Go Go's had, yes. and she has like none of it. It's more adult contemporary. Way more. And that's not what the Go-Go's were. Not at all. No, yeah. more like new wave, but more 
a little more punk. Had Very just a new more spirit. Like, yeah. Like I said, Four more energy. R-E-M. Good energy. Yeah. Kind of stripped down. F- sounds a little bit more like a four-piece fun. band and fun. Boone and Carlisle by itself. Not fun. Not fun. No. Um, she also has a tough, like... Not a very good singer. She no. has a tough time. Tough time. You can hear she has intonation problems and it's before pitch correction. So she's really flat on stuff. Uh, there's, a, there's at least one, but I, I listened to I listened to all of it, but I listened to one album, for, or one, uh, a little bit of the, the Belinda album. And there's one, at least one song on there that's a, um, that's, that's like a slower you know, ballad and it, she can't do it. No, she, she's no. just not, she can't, she doesn't no. have those chops. No. So it's like, all right, well, you kind of have to do more go-go stuff for this to work. Right. You can't, you just can't do- You don't have the chops to do like this, like, you, you know, can't, Whitney you, Houston, Celine Dion. No, because that is super- Right, carry Vocal heavy. Right. It has to so be. So it is vocals. Because the music isn't interesting right. enough without it. And so she's kind of caught in that, that middle spot there. So it doesn't do that well. No. Belinda doesn't, uh, the, the first album. This one does a lot better- but and there are and there are better songs. There's some better songs. Yeah, there are. Well, it's three massive hits. Yeah, that right. Um, the three big hits, I guess. Not massive, three. But. So uh, heaven. This, so this album is Heaven on Earth. It did. It only hit number thirteen on the on the two hundred. Like that's not for a major pop star. That's not very good. It only sold a few million copies. But you're right. It gets. I get weak. Right. I get weak. Na-na-na. That hit number two. Uh, Circle in the Sand hit number seven. Yep. I Feel Free, which is the cream, did chart hit number 88. And then a couple others charted in Europe besides this song, which hit number one. Right. So, so you're, so you're right. three. That's hits, pretty though. good. Yeah. That is pretty good. It is. But so this does better, but but it's all not written by her. Right. It's written by a bunch of other people. And it's a, if you see the instrument, like the people who are on this thing, there's, there's like 50 fucking musicians on this thing, including some famous ones. Um, so what were you going to, did you want, you were looking at something. Did you want to say no, something? No, no. So this is, um, so who is this? Okay. Now let me get down to the song. Do you think heaven is a place on earth? It isn't. So it's written by Rick Knowles and Ellen Shipley. Rick Knowles has 90 hit singles. Wow. 90. Good for Rick. 250 million copies of his songs sold. Wow. He did something for Dido. Dido is like the worst. I, I hope we cover her sometimes. So I, can I don't mind Dido. Fuck, oh, the worst. God, everything's the worst. Oh uh, no, second worst. Um, did uh, like what that White Flag song and No Angel. Uh, did yeah. s- songs for Madonna, songs for Stevie Nicks. Like, but mm-hmm. in fact, it was Stevie Nicks who recommended Rick Knowles to Belinda Carlisle. Okay. Like he, because she, he was doing work with her in the early '80s and was like, oh, you should, you know, Belinda was having a hard time. And like, and looking at the last album, like, oh, listen, so well, I need some help. Sent him over, and he actually uh, Rick Knowles, very talented, plays a bunch of instruments, played a bunch of inter- instruments on this album. And a good producer has a good ear. Wrote wrote the song, and actually the writing on the song is pretty good. Um, but it's not. But Belinda, she's not. She's never. She would have never had like the career. No. Of a solo. No. Pop artist. Without like, the go-go's. She yeah, really no. needed the go gos, and it made sense. So they broke up. I don't know. I don't. I didn't really look into it. I'm sure some of it was the drugs and the touring and some. And but. I mean, I think she, she made wanted, a go of it and went back to the Go-Go's well, in the yeah, mid Well, yeah, she wanted to do her own thing. Too. She did. And they all kind of did. She was the yeah. most successful of the Go-Go's right. who went separate. But but it makes sense that, like, couldn't really rediscover the magic on her own and so went, goes back to the Go-Go's in the mid-90s. Yeah, but that's 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 what happens. That's, I mean, she, I mean, give her, I guess, some credit. This this album was, you know, I know it's 30 it minutes. Did, yeah. It had three so hits a few on million, it. And then yeah. the other one, other album had a hit. So she got, you know, four, four or five 
you know, hit singles on her own and you go back. I, I think that's probably, it's, that's what was always going to happen, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, and she's yeah. probably lucky to get that because like she can't really sing. So I don't know. Cause you, I just think of like, do you think she's like, I don't, did she think, or? this is a bad comp, but like George Michael sort of goes from up. I kind of guess he goes the comp, other ways. Right? It is kind like of the a bad comp. The go-go's are better than. Yeah. It's the other way. Go-go's are better than Wham. And George Michael was is better than Belinda infinitely Carl. more talented yeah. than Belinda Carlisle. So I wonder what if there is a good comp of someone who maybe it's Sting, but Sting was very even though you don't this, like his I music, know, but, but Sting he still was successful, yeah, way more successful, and he is ultimately like more successful than the police, though. He's more yeah. successful than Belinda Carlisle. Yeah, that's what I mean. Right, but he's way not, more successful. Right, but he, his best music with the police. Oh, I agree. I mean, no I just one, I mean, that's, a, that's not a take. It's I fact. agree. I'm just saying, but he's also sold a shit ton of albums on his right. own where she... Well, Sting's also infinitely more talented than Way more talented, yes. Well. So these are tough comps. So I wonder if there is a comp of someone who is in a... Like I if, do Michael, call, if Michael Stipe did that, then it would be maybe an interesting comp because he also has a struggle with his voice. Yeah, but R.E.M. was more successful than the Go-Go's, I That's think. true, too. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, do, uh, I do call this Sting Syndrome. You know, you, you, you have a, you, you're, you're in a band that's very successful. It's great, iconic even. You do your solo stuff, and the solo stuff is trash. Yeah. Sting's music by himself is horrible. It is the most boring, awful music. Not all of it, but a lot of it. Almost yeah, I all can of see it. That. Um, and what's, what's not awfully boring is kind of boring. And then Belinda Carlisle stuff is just like, the, right, right. She's like trying to do this like adult contempo yeah. uh, stuff, and it's just coming off as flat because she can't sing and boring. I don't know why, why do these people, like, they're in exciting, awesome bands. Yeah. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to quit the band. It's dude boring. Well, well, it's hard too. Like if you're with you, you're with the same people all the time. I mean, you know, on our podcast, you're with the same person all the time. You start to get annoyed with them over time. Yeah, I get annoyed with you all the time, but I'm not going to go. Well, maybe I am. Maybe I'm doing boring stuff. <laughs> that kind that's of why, feels like why I'm bringing in a sidekick. <laughs> uh, it might, you might be right. Maybe you need that. that uh, extra, no, but, but if, from 78 to, uh, I know it doesn't sound that long, but still seven years when they were young, you know, young musicians, the Go-Go's are together and they go, you go through a lot when you're on tour all the time. So I think the egos happen and you know. I, I, I actually haven't quit this show yet though. Yet. We've only done it for two years. Though. But think of how much. No, but doing about, my, yeah, but I, I probably should quit the show and do my own thing, right? Is that what you're saying? Is that what I'm saying? One can only hope. But uh, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, it may, I can understand why you would do that, and she just doesn't have the... Ch I understand why you would split as a band, but she didn't. She doesn't have the chops to, like, make it on her own, clearly. She also recorded for this album, Waiting for a Star to Fall. You know, it's not waiting for a star to fall. Yeah, and I get weak when... And I, do you remember oh, yeah, that? Yeah, we yeah, we yeah. covered it before because that group, it's, uh, it's, it's Boy yeah, Meets Girl. Yeah. Uh, which is Shannon Rubicon, Rubicam, and George Merrill. They also wrote some Whitney Houston songs. We covered them before we right. got on, we, because we were talking about Whitney Houston. Right. They did, uh, they wrote Somebody Who Loves Me. Mm -hmm. With Somebody Who Loves Me, that one. Mm -hmm. And uh, how, how Will I Know If He Really Loves Me, that one. They wrote those songs for him. So they recorded that. Uh, so she recorded that for this album and just didn't end up taking it. Also did uh, Some Hearts, which is another Diane uh, Warren song that didn't make the cut for this album either that, Carrie Underwood eventually makes into it, turns into a hit. Obviously, she doesn't have the chops to do that. She gets all these writers, these, you know, Diane Warren, the fucking Satan spawn of adult contemporary, bring her in and help out. She didn't, she couldn't do it. Couldn't do it on her. Didn't make it happen. They should do a, um, like, Weird Al should do, like, a some farts. <laughs> and sing about good, farts. I'd listen to that. One. The other thing about this song, it sounds, so, okay. I do want to mention, I know you don't like it when I get into too technical stuff. But I do want to mention that there is something in, like it is an interesting song. Do you like the song at all? It's uh, not bad. Eh, no, I, I, I like if I had to make like a like a list of like oh best songs of this year, I'll do that sometimes with the '80s music yeah, yeah, and kind of mix yeah. in different stuff. 
I might throw in a couple other bonus songs maybe by yourself, like barely, but like you barely make the cup, but this one wouldn't, honestly. I don't love it, but it is interesting. Like the, it changes keys three times, which is a cool thing. And it's not something you'd, this, I don't, I don't like this song. I, I'll, I'll come on. I, I okay. don't like this song. Yeah. I, I don't hate it, but I don't, I don't care for it. Okay. Well, I want to show that in a second, but uh, there was one other thing I wanted to mention. Um, it does sound very similar to you give love a bad name which was the year before. Hmm. And that's kind of like, uh, it's a little, and then also Michael Bolton's, um, what was the other, what was his song? It sounds a little, but that, that happened after 19, uh, his famous one. What the fuck was it? Sure. I came after this then. But yeah, but I know. So I know, but that all three of them are kind of like a very similar, a little bit too similar, mm. which is a little bit too bad. But anyway, so here, here are the changes. This is like one key. This is the key of E. Then it changes key right here to the pre-chorus. And then this is brilliant. Huge key change there, which is like surprising and lovely when that happens. You may when it when she does it, it's or when the song does it, it sounds like it's supposed to go to B. It does this climb, this bass climb, do 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 and you think it's supposed to go to do 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 do, but it doesn't. It goes to that chorus, which is a completely different key, which is a nice little touch. I like little surprises like that. But beyond that, it's an alright song. She's okay. I think she's she just doesn't have a ton of talent. I mean, she works for something a little bit more punkish like the go-go's, but on her own is a thing and it doesn't make sense. Sounds like she got her shit cleaned up though. Took a while. 2005. Yeah. yeah, She was still in rehab. Yeah. Um, but seems like it. So that's tough because you think about it, like, you know, she's super popular in the eighties. But all the nineties and half of the first decade, you're still, you know, you're in your doing coke into your forties. You got got a husband and a kid. You're going on vendors in a a hotel room. That's that's tough. I know. I know that was the thing. She, right, you read that story about her. Yeah, like when she decided, like enough was enough. Tough, but I think she said a lot of it was uh, the pressure of maintaining her weight and her look. And you're on fucking coke; it keeps your weight down. Your metabolism gets shot shot way up, so it's an easier way to that and smoking cigarettes all the time keeps your you know it's tough that you have a kid in there. You can't be at that know. point. Yeah, I mean, in her younger days, it made sense. Right, before she had in the eighties too. I mean, you know, it's pretty commonplace. Yeah, um, but well, at some point it's like uh, and touring's tough. You're playing a show every night. It's really it's tough to do, and you know, all yeah. that travel and shit. So right. I can I, I understand. Oh no, I, I mean I, I especially I said the '80s stuff. But at some point you got you know gotta, stop. But hey, I give her credit. I mean, she got pulled pulled it, turned her shit around, and got it got it going. So I mean, I think they're they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? Then they yeah. just uh they just inducted somebody. I think they were there for the induction um last year. So I know I they, think the Go Go's are great. They I think they toured again like 2019 or something. Yeah, so they'll, yeah. They're, 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 yeah, I would I would totally. Like, if the Go-Go's were in town, I would totally go see them. Yeah. I think they're, like, legitimately a, a very good band. Like, they're a good band. Yeah. yeah. I would say great. Fun. I'd say very good. Yeah, good. Some of the best songs in the 80s, for sure. Some are, yeah. I, th- uh, I don't know. A, a top, definitely a few in the top 100, I would say. From the 80s? From the 80s. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. I think probably, I mean, maybe even as many as, like, a half dozen. Uh, maybe. You know, between four and six, I'd say. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's good. That is good. Yeah. Go All right. Right. They're yeah. good. All right. Right. I think that's enough talking about uh, the go-go's. Huh? Yeah, we're all triple. Um, all right, so we're back. We are back next, next week, week uh, with going, 2019. Yeah. Did you put, put that in Slack? All right, well, um, I'll pick some songs. Yeah. And uh, anything else? Yeah. That's it.